0: Brothers and sisters in Christ, Uh, if you're visiting with us this evening, if you've been here forever, whatever it is, or online, you've probably heard me start my messages all the same way. It's actually a very traditional preacher beginning for a sermon. It goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. It goes something like, grace, mercy, and be unto you. Right? Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I didn't make that up. That's, that's traditional old school, and I end it with a similar blessing of peace. And I thought I'd just point it out tonight because that's what's on my mind, on my heart a lot lately, is the need for peace. And we're in a world where uh, I, I understand <laughs> that everybody here has brought different things tonight, different hearts and minds that are full of turmoil, conflict. It's, it's everywhere in our world. And I mean, from the Middle East and, and Russia, Ukraine, to our own secular politics and uh, every, everything around us, there seems to always be some, some conflict and some struggling, maybe interpersonally with friends or family or at work, whatever it is. It's, peace is something I'm sure we could all have just a bit more of in our lives. I know I definitely would love more. I have a, a mind that is always racing and always thinking about what needs to get done, what's next, and different people, their struggles, their joys, and, and I get it. I, I understand. You know, partially because of what I do, I, I understand how many people are full of this this lack of, are full of conflict, with this lack of peace in their hearts. And and tonight I want to focus on that from the perspective of the birth of the Christ child. See, we're actually going to start in an interesting place, and that is to understand that to bring peace to our world, really God gave to us a poor man's savior. When I say a, a poor man's savior, I, I mean he was born in very humble circumstances. I know we've all been exposed to that idea before. There's a lot of a lot of good theology to mine out of that, right? That he was born humble in a manger. We actually even know his parents were of of little means, right? Because shortly after the text for this morning, in fact, same chapter next verses, we hear about how Jesus was brought to the temple for his, his cleansing. This is all Old Testament, right? This is the stuff that they're supposed to do. And a sacrifice was to be made. And the sacrifice was. Somebody know? Two turtle doves. That's actually where that comes from, by the way. It really is. <laughs> these, these two doves. And, and that's actually the sacrifice that Mary and Joseph made on his behalf as part of the rituals of the Old Testament. But it, it's actually a provision in the Old Testament for those who didn't have much. You know, normal sacrifice would be a, a larger, more expensive animal. And, and if you couldn't afford that, the Old Testament says, well, here's a way around that. Sacrifice these doves, which are not only much less expensive, if you're quick, <laughs> they're free. You can catch them. They're out in the wild and set the traps for them. And then, then they could afford to bring the sacrifice. The, the linen cloths in which he was wrapped, those, those are very cheap, swaddling clothes. That's, that's of poor stature. That's, that's the whole point of all of that. And we might think to ourselves, okay, so he's a poor man's savior, meaning we shouldn't chase after things of this world and riches and blah. That's all true, but I think there's a greater point to be made. I don't, I don't think this text is to help us come to a conclusion that we have too much and too many Christmas presents and blah, blah, blah. I think the point of that is to illustrate that the child given to us comes into this world with nothing. Nothing at all. Not, not status, money, money affiliation, not with a, a family name that is, I mean, beyond, he is in the line of David, but lots of people are descendants of David. Now, this, this is a, a young family without much, so that when you consider the Christ child, well, all you really can consider is the Christ child. Nothing gets in the way. It's, it's just Jesus. Jesus comes to us with nothing else of this world. But as he's given to us the, the poor man's savior, the, the one without anything, as he's given to us, God declares peace. And I think that it's important to note that the peace that, that he brings with him and offers to the world isn't something that can be achieved by worldly means. There's there's nothing that, that he offers the world other than himself. And that, I think, teaches us more than anything when it comes to finding peace in our own lives. I mean, conflicts and wars and politics and all of those things, they have been going on for thousands and thousands of years. If there was a means by which the world could have handled it, we'd have done it by now. And any conflict you're having in your life, any lack of peace that you have with, with someone else, with yourself, any lack of peace you have with, with family, friends, parents, siblings, whoever it is, any lack of peace, if it could be completely managed by something of this world, we'd have figured it out. And we have the internet now. I could just Google it and tell you. <laughs> End of sermon, right? But it doesn't work that way. Because nothing of this world offers peace the way the Christ child offers us peace. But it's just not about the stuff of this world. He doesn't bring peace to the wars and the conflicts and the politics and relationships and workplaces and all that kind of stuff in your life. Peace is declared between God and man. That's something to consider, that we have been at war with God from the moment Adam and Eve fell into sin. There has been conflict between us and God since the moment Adam and Eve fell into sin. And it's, it's our conflict with him. It's our fight and our battle with him. Anytime we have that feeling, and maybe some of us tonight here or online have that sense where we are in conflict with God, we're wrestling and struggling with him, whether we're not feeling close enough to him, our faith isn't where we thought it would be, we have questions or doubts, and we look around, we see pain and suffering, and we, we say, Lord, why would you allow these things? We're in conflict with God, but keep in mind, we are in conflict with him. He declared peace with us. We are the ones who have the problem of conflict. I know I do. I'm I'm always finding a way to have conflict in my life. Almost always beginning with God. Almost always with frustration over why this is happening to somebody I love or to my family or, or just frustrations in general. I'm always finding a way to get in an argument with him. I'm always finding a way to, to fight him, to be mad at him or whatever it is. But it's always me to him. He declared peace. And in doing so, he sends the peace offering his own son Christ Jesus becomes the peace offering the sacrifice that is needed that, that makes sense i mean you think about any any conflict that that is in the world whether it's just interpersonal or literal armies facing one another there has to at some point be some kind of conflict resolution that's going to require sacrifices from both sides. It's going to have to require some sort of offering of peace one side to the other, but not with God. With God, he makes all of the peace offering to us. And it is a sacrifice. But to make sure that we're not confused, that there's something else with this Christ child, something else to be offered, something else to be sacrificed, he comes into the world with nothing nothing else as offering, nothing else as sacrifice, just himself given to us. And that seems very counterintuitive to us. It seems very strange that in a conflict between two people that one would simply declare peace and make all of the sacrifice and all of the offering for somebody else. But this is exactly what God does. It's exactly what our Lord does for us. He offers all of it to you. And it's so strange, so counterintuitive to us that peace has to be revealed when it is that total and complete peace from God. And we don't expect it. We don't anticipate it. The, the people in the time of Jesus at his birth, were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for Christ. And sure, this this child born 2,000 years ago, very historical, right? We can point to all of the historical facts. We know the the census and the time and the date. We know all of these things. We we have so much to be certain of. We, We get all of those things. But most importantly, the people there watching We're looking for those things. All of those shepherds, all of the people, they were anticipating this, and still it had to be revealed. This is the peace offering. This child is the Christ, because it seems so strange. And in fact, I'd like to read for you verse 14 and part of verse 15. After the the angels declare this great thing, the, the shepherds say, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. The Lord made it known. It's Bethlehem. Not a huge city, not the smallest city, but this is the time of the census when lots of people were traveling. Lots of people had come to Bethlehem. And it wasn't Christmas Eve, by the way, until Christ was born, right? So it's not a special day. It's just another day. And a kid was born. There was maybe a thousand babies born that night. So what? Why would the shepherds ever think maybe one of the kids born tonight? They're the one. It had to be shown to them and revealed because he didn't come with trumpets and fan flare, and, and, and it wasn't a, a great king having a prince. It wasn't all of those things. It was just the poor man's savior born with nothing. And so God had to say, I have declared peace. You need to go check it out. You need to go and look. And the angel's declaration, the angel's declaration is incredibly important. And the angel's declaration is Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased, those who believe and trust in him. Glory to God in the highest, peace to those on earth. This is the direction peace comes. God is glorified in the heavens, and peace is given to those who believe it and know it and trust in it on earth. Our struggle is that we're always looking for our glory, somebody else's glory, or, or the glory of a prince born with riches and power and might and all of these things. We're looking for earthly, worldly glory, earthly, worldly success and victory, earthly places of peace. And it doesn't work that way because that's not how God has chosen to act. It says, when I am glorified in heaven, there is peace in those who believe it on earth. When we're looking for peace tonight, when you're looking for peace anytime, if you're looking for resolutions and, and peace offerings, all of those things that exclude the Christ child, at best you're going to get compromise. At best you're going to get an armistice but you're not going to get peace. Because peace comes with sacrifice and total and perfect peace only comes from a total and perfect sacrifice. And that's what was revealed to those shepherds, revealed to all of the earth the eve when the Christ child was born. This peace offering and sacrifice is God himself. That's the purpose and point of being born of a virgin, to to signify this is not just a regular person. This is God incarnate. This is the whole point behind God taking on flesh because the offering and the sacrifice is quite literally himself, the payment made. When God declares peace, he offers the peace sacrifice, and it is the sacrifice of his son. And Luke beautifully ties these things together in his gospel the child comes in in swaddling linen clothes and when he leaves what is left behind in the tomb is nothing but simple linen cloths see his sacrifice on the cross and his burial in the tomb draw our attention back to this declaration of peace god finished his offering and his sacrifice on the cross and he signifies it to us by being raised from the dead victorious. There's conflict in this world, and there always will be. Not just the political parties and warring factions of foreign countries. That will always be the case, but there's always conflict yet in our hearts and in our minds with each other and with God, but he's declared peace. When we war and we fight against others, against God he's standing back and saying, I have declared peace. You have no conflict, no war, no trouble with me because peace belongs to you. And that perfect peace that can only come from Christ is given again at the end of time perfectly wherein we see the Son of God in ultimate glory. Because remember, When God is glorified in heaven, peace is found amongst his people on earth. When he is glorified at his return, when he is glorified at the end of time, and at the resurrection, when Christ Jesus comes back, it will be in glory. Not with earthly robes and riches and all those things, but with heavenly robes and glorious riches. And we will see him fully glorified. And then we will have ultimate, perfect, and eternal peace. This is the story of the poor man's savior, a poor, sinful wretch like me, knowing that I have nothing to offer this child, not even myself, because I wasn't there And neither were you to offer to this child anything. He came to us. I have nothing of which to give this child. He has all things because of who he is. We offer and sacrifice nothing to the Lord in this peace offering, but rather he has done it completely and totally already. So when you're looking for peace and you're dissatisfied with that journey, when you're looking to family or friends wherever you have some conflict, you see the world that is at war and without peace and and you're frustrated or angry or confused, pause and seek Jesus. Because he didn't come to, to grant peace between tribes and nations, not even people. Peace between people is only found in Jesus, where He has declared us to be in fellowship with Him, because He has declared us to be innocent, without sin. That has been paid for, the, the, <clears throat> it, it has been reconciled, the accounts have, have been justified, so that we find ourselves standing before Him without worry, concern, fear without any of those things that that conflict causes. We stand before God, we stand before Him utterly at peace because He's offered it to us in His Son, Jesus. And now may this peace, which surpasses human understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.